Hello and welcome to this edition of Political Profundity. John Guzan and Karen Weil. Hello, Karen. Hello. Our special uh, podcast today is going to be on the life um, and legacy of Senator John McCain. Um, as, as most of our regular listeners know, we're based here in Phoenix, at least I am, and the magazine is. Karen does her work out of Southern California. Well done. Um, but we're going to talk about uh, John McCain, um, who is the son of naval admirals, spent um, several years in a uh, uh, Vietnamese uh, prisoner of war camp, came out, became a U.S. representative, um, and then in 1987, January 3rd, um, through August 25th, 2018, a U.S. Senator uh, ran for president uh, several times, actually got the nomination um, against Barack Obama in 2008. And we want to kind of talk about his life and what we remember from him um, during this week where he's going to be, um, you know, laying in state in Arizona, going to Washington, D.C., and finally being laid to rest at the Naval Academy. Um, Karen, do you, is there anything, um, you know, where do we want to start on this hugely important life and one that kind of impacted most Americans? You know, gosh, there's just so much one can say about John McCain. And I, I have to say, first off, in terms of his second presidential run, and he stands, and it's just a personal observation, it's the greatest disappointment I've ever seen in a presidential candidate. I'm not just I'm not talking about him per se and the quality of who he was, but you know, sadly, who he picked as his VP and uh, you know how things went downhill for the, from there. And I I think it's important not to necessarily fall into hagiography here about John McCain. And what do you There's exactly no mean by that? He was an extraordinary individual. What he endured in Vietnam, just, I, you know, I still, it blows my mind to this day. And that, in my opinion, while you can criticize Senator McCain for many things, that experience is off limits. And it is sickening to see the creature who pretends to be president you know, having listened to him disparage McCain several years for that ago for that. Uh, I think it told us then Donald Trump is a bad person who should never have been elected in the first place. Yeah, and it, it, uh, and I suspect it's seeding jealousy on Trump's part because he knows McCain mattered and McCain will be remembered for a long time, whereas Trump, eventually, no one's going to care about him. They don't care about him now. Um, it just makes me personally very angry to, to think about that. But, you know, McCain was someone, despite some of the conservative views that, well, like them or don't like them, depending on who you are. But he tried for part bipartisanship. He really did. Now, he failed more often than not. But... In terms of the McCain-Feingold Act, which he did work on with former senator from Wisconsin, Russ Feingold, his work on the bipartisan gang of 14 when you had a crisis during and during the Bush presidency, the second one over judicial nominations, um, his work against, you know, speaking out against pork barrel spending, uh, and uh, his monumental work along with senator, former senator John Kerry, although McCain, I think, definitely carried the lead on that. Um to restore diplomatic relations with Vietnam in the late 1990s. Right. This is a this is a country that imprisoned this man for nearly six years. 
nearly ended his life. And yet he had the depth and the humanity to say it was time, maybe not for him personally, to move on from that and try to normalize relations with the country, which has now become an important partner for us, both economically and otherwise, mm-hmm. in Southeast Asia. Right. You know, you how could you not be impressed by someone, despite everything he had endured in a prison camp, for being willing to do that? I think more than anything else, that cemented his legacy. I think John McCain is a person, as we know. I, it was interesting... Charlie Pierce, who's the Esquire political columnist, very liberal, but a big fan personally of McCain, wrote a beautiful tribute to him. I would advise people to check that out on Esquire politics. Um, you know, described McCain, and rightfully so, who died, by the way, another thing. McCain died August 25th. The late Senator Ted Kennedy died from the same brain cancer on August 25th, 2009. Mm. And those two did have a real friendship. Uh, you know, Pierce described them, and I think it's fair to say, as two very broken men. Yeah. And there's no question they were, yeah. albeit for very different reasons. But they both managed to go on and forge important, meaningful careers where real, you know, and, and, and help create real legislation that did make a positive difference in the lives of a lot of Americans. Um. Yeah, and, and you know, McCain had a sense of humor. The guy was on SNL more than once. You got to give it to him. He, <laughs> you know, he wasn't afraid to make fun of himself. Whereas, look at Donald Trump. He will. He doesn't have the the decency or the humanity to do that. Right. To poke fun at himself because Donald Trump doesn't really have a soul. Uh, yeah. Well, you know, I mean, I think. And, and I... So you know, just to get McCain, this is a giant legacy, and it is one that Americans will be talking about for many decades to come. Sure. You know, I I think it's. It's interesting to see that, you know, there's something about a, you know, you mentioned somebody who has the ability to then um, run for president or get a nomination um, to be on, you know, Saturday Night Live or to do other things. Um, He had, you know, that that intangible something that allowed him to rise above even people who have risen above. Uh, And, you know, uh, you know, whether you know, who knows what exactly it was. I mean, no one really saw him in the public landscape um, until after he came back in, uh, from, from his, his, his time in, in, in Vietnam, per se. I mean, a lot of that time, I mean, he graduated from the Naval Academy, I think it was in 58. Um, he wasn't captured until October 1967, um, and then wasn't released until 19, March 1973. So that's five and a half years that you're, um, you know, in a camp that that you can't raise your hands over your head after you get out, which is, you know, I think we all had seen uh, John McCain and what he was like um, uh, once he, once, you know, he he just couldn't move his arms in a certain way. It wasn't the Bob Dole way, but it was a different way. Um, It was because they had, I think, you know, repeatedly broken his arms. Um, But, you know, like we were talking about, he was able to rise above, you know, no matter what else um, happened? He he. It, it always seemed that, as, as you mentioned, and I think that's the real element um, that's there. It was that ability to change, that ability to kind of throw oneself on their sword, that ability to kind of say, 
well, you know, I haven't done the right thing and now I'm going to. And, you know, one of the, I think the interesting things that you see about McCain is that supposedly, you know, he graduated from the Naval Academy um, ranked 894th out of 899. Um, you know, but he was, you know, the, the son of an admiral, the grandson of an admiral. Uh, who knows, you know, what his, but he seemed like he had that maverick feel. Um, maverick also being kind of a rebel, I would think. And, and, and you know, that's one of those things that I think is, is you know, somewhat vanished from society. And I think it's, it's why it's appealing. And going back to an SNL, um, you know, uh, uh, comparison, I, I saw a, a, a thing recently where they were talking about you know, that there's nobody dangerous on SNL anymore. And this is um, Tina Fey mentioning. Sure. Um, and it also seems like, you know, and that's, you know, you know one, one of the reasons why I don't find it very interesting anymore, you know, that's kind of, you know, the same old, same old thing. And a lot of people toe in the line. No one's really going to be pushing any envelopes on SNL anymore. Um, and, uh, you know, McCain always seemed to be doing that, always pushing that envelope, whether it was right or wrong. And I know that when we had even been talking about doing this podcast to begin with, we had talked about, hey, he's also a fallible human being. Um, you know, there was things that, that happened that, um, you know, in his career that, that, that aren't necessarily things to be commended. Um, That's correct. Um, you know, you know, one, uh, you know, example was early in his time, I think, um, uh, uh, let's see, it was, um, I think it was 1982, um, 1983, um, he was assigned to the House Committee on uh, Interior Affairs, and he opposed the creation of a federal Martin Luther King Jr. Day. Mm. But then by yeah. 2008, um, he said, you know, he was totally wrong and that, um, and, you know, by 1990, he had, he had been one of the, you know, the main guys pushing for it to be a state holiday in Arizona, which we know what was going on with Arizona at the time where we had all that Evan Meekum issues and losing Super Bowls and things. And he was one of the ones really pushing it to actually be a state holiday when he had been against it, you know, on the national stage. Um, and, and, and so that's, that's really what I get from him is that it was that ability to say, you know, to kind of speak your mind or feel where you are and maybe be within that realm of, of what the establishment or what your group is saying and being in a camp and then having the ability to sit there and ruminate and maybe think, maybe I should go a different way or maybe just because everyone else is pulling this way, I have to think about what's more important. And, you know, we, we, you know, we can talk about what happened then. His last, his last real big stand was... You know the you know the the thumbs down on on the rejection of Obamacare, and it was the that same was way. You know, it's it seemed like you know there's those times where you know to me it's then that's why I'm bringing up, you know, the Martin Luther King holiday thing in '83. It seems like for all the way from before he even got into the Senate because he was still in the House at that time. He served one term, um, and then was a senator the rest of the time. He was able to. To, to sway himself, to really think about what was more important and then to do what was right and not just what the rest of the fish were doing when they're swimming upstream, to saying, hey, we're going to run into a net and all get caught. Um, he had the, that ability um, and the willingness, I think, to step out when necessary. And, you know, and I know we're going to get to sometimes some of the foibles and some of the other things we already sort of have, I guess, um, by, by saying that he didn't support um, um, MLK Day. Um, but, you know, there's some other things that, you know, he wasn't a perfect human being. And I think that that was the where we started getting to it, too, is that, 
yeah, he's not a perfect human being, but he still was one of those guys that um, you would hope that would be there. There would be more of um, that. A flawed human being is still can be a great representative for us. Right. Absolutely. I mean, again, it's you know, John McCain's personal life again is not exactly a perfect one. He left his first wife, who had been seriously injured, in accident, which you know seemed rather callous. Married, of course, a much younger. Uh, Bear Harris named Cindy McCain and uh, had a family with her as well. And that or is Cindy not Hensley. Yes. Mrs. McCain, who by all accounts seems like a very decent woman and sure. very loving, loyal wife. And I, again, my deepest condolences to her and the entire McCain family. Um, so, you know, and, and to McCain's credit, he admitted, uh, you might recall, it was Rick Warren. He was at uh, some type of religious event and he acknowledged, you know, I did not treat my first wife very well, and I'm very sorry for that. Uh, and, and, and Carol McCain has said, look, I don't hold a grudge, and she sued John McCain in the 2008 election. So, um, you yeah, know, and McCain was known as very temperamental. Uh, so there was a nickname he had in some corners as Make Nasty. Uh, so <laughs> he's not always the easiest guy to deal with. Uh, but again, I, given, and, and some would claim, you know, this is a man who grew up in privilege. His father was an admiral. His grandfather was an admiral. So, and, and you know, I don't think he lacked for anything as a young man growing up. Uh, and then there are the political mistakes that McCain made, including his involvement in the Keating Five, the infamous savings and loan scandal from the late 1980s, uh, you know, which became public knowledge in '90, and uh, that was not one of his better moments although he was hardly the only one involved in it. And then, of course, now he supported the Iraq War uh, wholeheartedly. We know now what a disaster that was politically. Uh, I think, frankly, though, it's George W. Bush who's always going to be really tarred by that, more than McCain or the other senators or representatives who in Congress who voted for it. But McCain still, until very recently, continued to say that it was a good idea to go in Iraq. And then finally, in, I believe it was around just this past May, where he admitted in his book he'd written that, you know, no, the war was a mistake. So give him credit for finally being willing to acknowledge we never should have gone there. And I I think just part of, you know, I think it was, again, not, not commendable, but understandable to McCain being a military man would continue to stand by a decision, which wasn't a good one, simply out of that sense of duty and, and his own code of honor, wrong-headed as it may have seemed. Uh, but, it, it, you know, those are some of the you know, less admirable parts of McCain's, you know, his career in, in that respect. Uh, but, you know, you, I want to mention to you that thumbs down vote last summer quickly, if I may. I have a cousin who's a cancer survivor and has depended a lot on ACA. That night, when the Senate was going to vote to repeal it, she and I were furiously texting each other because she was very nervous because she wouldn't have health care. And, you know, you start, I was following Twitter and it, it just started to turn where they were saying, I can't not be on board with the GOP on this one. And of course, then we remember that moment in which he comes up 
you see McConnell smiling, Mitch McConnell, the leader of the Senate, at first. And then the infamous gladiator style, thumbs down. Uh-huh. And you could hear people gasping. Right. And some of them clapping. And you know, Russ Feingold, I saw him in a program the other day, the, the former Wisconsin senator, said, it's not because McCain supports this kind of health care program. He didn't. But yes, he had complained publicly. The order of this is being handled badly. What the GOP is doing is unethical in this respect. This is wrong. And he just, he said, the whole thing stunk to him of how they were repealing it just to give Donald Trump some kind of quote-unquote win. And, you know, you see, you've seen all kinds of tributes from people. John McCain saved my health care. And I think that's a fair thing to say. He certainly saved my cousin's health care. And I make no mistake, I think to some degree his vote, you know, he was doing it on his principles, but make no mistake, there may have been a little bit of a F you to McConnell and, of course, to Donald Trump. So just sort of political optics, there was some, there was some, uh, some enjoyment in that. But he yeah, did well, the right thing that evening. Yeah, I mean, you know. And yeah, it, was, who, it was one of his finest moments. And I, you know, I can think of a few others, but please continue, sir. No, no, I, I, I'm agreeing with you. I mean, who knows really what the political calculations were? Uh, you know, his, his explanation, as you had mentioned, was... Um, right, that he didn't know really what the ramifications would be, you know, who would be out, you know, without health insurance. There was no real plan to replace it. You were just trying to repeal because you're promising that there's going to be something to pass it later, but it's not really there yet. And, you know, there's no understanding. And I, I think, um, you know, that it was a moment of, 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 of clarity. And another one to bring up, I think, is what happened in 2008, because it really plays into, I think, what maybe could have given him the election where um, there was the lady who stood up at, at, a, at a rally who said, I can't trust Barack Obama. He's, you know, he's an Arab, um, you know, um, and, and McCain, instead of feeding into the feverish um, Donald Trump um, uh, landscape or, or, you know, d- deep part of the pool, um, he defended Obama. Um, as a decent person who just he just has policy differences on and that he's an American and not an Arab and, uh, uh, you know, that, that, that he's just another person instead of, you know, vilifying him for either his color or his name or whatever else that, that, that she was trying to vilify him for, um, you know, he wouldn't go into that edge of the pool. And as we know now what happened in, in, in 2016, if he wanted to, he might have riled up that base enough to win. Um, although, you know, we don't know that for sure because the Democratic base was very riled up in order to get Obama elected, but he, he wouldn't go into that pool. Um, you know, he wanted to keep that there. And those are those little elements when we talk about all the foibles, all the other things that, that weren't exactly right when it came down to, you know, some of the basic decency bits, um, he was, he seemed to be there. Um, and you know that's why that's another moment for me um, is 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 a uh, um, you know what happened in two thousand eight. Yeah, no, that was a remarkable moment, uh, and you know McCain was losing at that time. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was clearly starting to look by then that Obama was going to take this, and of course his disastrous choice of a vice presidential candidate who was everything John McCain was not, and sadly with Sarah Palin as we see now. She was the beginning of this base of voters within the GOP that has put Donald Trump into office. Uh, you know, 
she is not, you know, Sarah Palin did not uh, urge us to uh, listen to the better angels of our nature, obviously. Um, but I, I just, I remember seeing that clip and thinking, you know, you would have deserved to have been president. Sadly, that's not going to happen. And I think certainly, you know, you think of with, with McCain between 2008 and then 2000 of what might have been. Of course, it looked like he was going to take the nomination then, then St. came South Carolina, and a very, very dirty campaign by the George W. Bush team, courtesy of Carl Rove, uh, with, you know, spreading rumors about McCain's family and that he was mentally unstable. It's terrible, terrible things. And, of course, Bush ultimately got the nomination and just barely won. We don't need to rehash the whole debacle of then, but I will say, had McCain won that nomination, he certainly would have defeated Al Gore. No disrespect to Al Gore, but polls showed overwhelmingly voters preferred McCain to Gore. And I, right. I and I think had that happened, and even if 9-11 happened, I don't think McCain would have so recklessly led us down the militaristic path that Bush did. Now, he still may have taken some action that might not have worked. But I just think we would have certainly had a calmer hand, even with McCain's hothead reputation. I don't think he would have been so quick to believe Iraq had anything to do with it, which, of course, it didn't. Um, you know, it might have been a much better tenure, it, it, you know, much better period for the country had McCain won, or, to that matter, Gore. Yeah. And, and but you... I'm simply saying it from, if, if a Republican president had to win, it should have been McCain. Um, yeah, and, and you know, I mean, we know that we know that didn't, and the rest is tragic history for Bush's tenure. Yeah, and there was uh, some predisposed notions about Iraq from 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 Bush Jr. You know, uh, you know, that, I remember that line of, you know, they try to kill my dad. Um, you know, he had that built-in animosity towards Iraq. I think it was very easy for him to believe that there was anything going on there. Um, uh, and it was just, it was very simple, um, after, after September 11th. Um, you know, another element that I think, you know, I want to, you know, mention, and I thought that that, that really should be, you know, not forgotten in this discussion of John McCain is, uh, McCain-Feingold, um, which is also Shays Meehan, you know, whatever, you know, because that's the, actually the version that ended up passing. Um, but, you know, it was a bipartisan campaign reform. Um, passed in 2002, um, and it looked to, to really kind of rein things in. And we know what's, what's happened since with, uh, you know, Citizens United. And um, basically, McCain-Feingold has been struck down. It's, it's basically not even use, you know, usable anymore. But it was a, a moment where, you know, the same things we talk about. For, for whatever else we want to discuss about John McCain, even in, you know, in, in, in the early 2000s, he was saying, we have to do something about our political system, um, and we have to do something about, um, you know, the way that 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 campaigns are funded, and the way that the you know people are able to throw money in, and just the way that it's all handled, um, and that you know you reach across the aisle, you find a Democrat. You know, I mean, I know this sounds old-fashioned, right? Uh, you know, you actually find somebody um, uh, to to work with on the other side, um, and. You know, I and I, you know, that's one of those. It's it's really you know disappointing what ended up happening to it and how, where how it's basically just you know useless at this point. The courts have struck it down. 
But, you know, right. it's, it's another landmark moment, shows you that this is not just certain things that happen. You know, we talk about these things are all going over over time, and we're talking about, you know, this is not a singular moment, which is why, <clears throat> excuse me, John, you know, John McCain is not just being recognized as just a, you know, a senator who passed. It's kind of like, you know, uh, you know, we had talked about Ted Kennedy and what he had done over his career, whether he was the uh, brother of a president or not. Um, you know, he had done so much in his senatorial career to impact our country and tried to take things in the right way. And John McCain's exactly the same, where these things we're talking about over and over and over. Um, yeah, you know, but that bipartisan campaign reform was really one of those. He made a mark, um, really pushed it, you know, threw his name behind it, whether it ended up, you know, the Shays Meehan is really what was passed. But it, it was known as McCain fine gold forever. Um, and, and unfortunately, that was one there where he had made it happen, and it ends up, it's not even there to be a legacy because it's been gutted, um, where, you know, he was still working towards those right things. Um, uh, you know, I don't know. It's just seems where we are with Citizen United and these unlimited funds. It, it, it was, it, he was way before his time, and unfortunately, um, the courts didn't see the same way, or you know, I don't, I don't know if there's another way to do it. I mean, you know, maybe constitutional amendments is the only way you'll be able to get the courts to listen to that. But um, it's another, you know, piece of legacy to look at. Right. No, it's it's definitely one of McCain's finer moments as a public servant, for sure. May not be sexy. It may not be as fun to to read about or watch as him going up to the Senate floor, doing a thumbs <laughs> down and saving ACA more or less. But it it was important. Um, it was a solid law that has just been picked apart so badly, and who knows, if it had been able to really be fully enacted, we might not have Donald Trump in office, I mean, which would be a, a blessing in them some. Um, so, yeah, that's just, that's something that McCain definitely should have been proud of, and, and he'll, he will be remembered for, for sure. So... Throughout this week, we're going to have plenty of different memorials. I mean, it's, this is hasn't, you know, he had passed um, uh, this past weekend, uh, Saturday, um, and now everything is, you know, we've known what has happened with um, the the flying flags at half-staff um, has been a controversy already. Um, uh-huh. You know, uh, Donald Trump... Um, didn't sign a, a, a in, in order to, in order to keep the flags at half staff. He just said, well, you know, the re- regulations say it's only two days for a member of Congress. And so, um, you know, yeah, I just it, it makes me so angry because, of course, you saw the other day when Trump was in the Oval Office. Jonathan Carl of ABC asks him several times, do you have anything to say about John McCain and Trump being the, you know, childlike creature that he is sits there and silently and folds his hands and really it, and there's pictures of him and they're just infuriating and disgusting and it, it just shows what a they're, they're, i mean what a soulless individual donald trump is and of course again he's he's very jealous of john mccain because he knows people respect john mccain people don't respect donald trump i don't even think his face does in fact, I'll just, you know, as we know, McCain made it very clear at his funeral who he wants to speak for him. One is, of course, former President George W. Bush and, you know, bad campaign from 2000 and all. Obviously, there was enough respect there for President Bush to have him speak. And, of course, and 
then the man who defeated him in the general election, Barack Obama. And I've read those two did develop a seriously strong relationship, even if they weren't always hanging out every day. There, there was a mutual respect there. Uh, who they don't want at the funeral? Donald Trump. This is now the second major political figure besides First Lady, George, I'm sorry, First Lady Barbara Bush, who passed away earlier in the year, and the Bush family made it clear to Trump to then, you're not welcome. What does it tell you that now you've had this happen for a second time in a row? I, it just, you know, people, nobody of any real decency or integrity wants Donald Trump anywhere near their gatherings. And his supporters can sit there smugly and cling to his approval ratings with them and whatnot all they want, but, you know, the hard reality comes out, and that's most of America despises this man. And there's no getting around it. And I'd say good for the McCain family for not wanting Trump at the funeral. Uh, I'm sure when we see Bush and Obama speak, you know, those will, you know, we'd be incredible moments to witness. You know, I, I, I have to bring this up. This, there was something on Twitter. It's from Andy Lastner, who's the executive producer of the Ellen DeGeneres show. Now, he's on politics. He's a very outspoken liberal. But he wrote something the night that John McCain passed that I thought was just just such a moving and, and haunting statement. To me, it's, it perfectly summed up why Americans were taking this loss so hard. Quote, it feels like so much of the sadness on Twitter around losing John McCain is also about the America we are left with. Let that sink in for a moment. Um, and I mean, this was, you know, this has been a hard month. We lost Aretha Franklin. The day after McCain died, the great playwright Neil Simon passed on. You know, these are people who were just giants in running in the political world, but and two in the you know, U.S. culture realm in the world, and, and we're beloved everywhere. You know, we're just losing a lot of amazing individuals these days, and especially now, and I will say this, with McCain being gone, in terms of truly decent people left in the GOP of any stature, you know, basically it's George H.W. Bush, and we know he's quite old, and we don't know how much longer he has on this earth. And then, of course, his son. And again, his son was a terrible president, but at least he's somebody you could be in a room with and not be repulsed by. And I've said this many times. Whatever you want to say about George W. Bush, he's a good husband and father. You can't say that about Donald Trump either. Um, and I, I just that's what just makes you so sad, is there's nobody in the Republican Party now with even... I mean, it's nice that Jeff Flake and Bob Corker speak out, but they're, you know, they still vote with... Trump most of the time, and in fairness, I hate to say it, but John McCain. So it just, you know, it just breaks your heart to some degree to see what's happening to this party. And it, this has been sort of a slow-rolling disaster, but now we're seeing it writ large. Yeah. And I've always said this, you need, I don't want just one political party in office controlling everything. That's not a good thing. You need another party there to keep the other first party in line and to offer solutions for bipartisan results we don't have that anymore either and it's you know it's heartbreaking yeah and you know we've talked about a lot of uh, things and also about you know the, you know the near miss in 2000 for president uh, near miss in 2008 um 
as we know, and as was kind of mentioned, him not getting the nomination in 2000 was kind of a, you know, looking back and make America great again to the 90s uh, with uh, George W. Bush or back to the 80s. Um, but, you know, I, I think that one of the things we didn't mention in 2008, you know, we talked about him defending Obama, um, but was his choice of Sarah Palin um, as his vice presidential nominee. Um, and, you know, maybe he chose her as a maverick um, to kind of match his maverickness. But that, you know, that has to be one of the one of the worst strategic um, selections that he ever made. Um, do you, down. you know, do you agree with that, 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 you know, there's a good chance he wins I, if he if he if oh, he chooses I, anybody but Sarah Palin? I look well, if McCain had chosen Joe Lieberman, he's, he has his own issues, or if he chosen John Kerry, decided to really go, quote unquote, maverick, choose a Democrat or choose just or even if you, if you want to find a woman, somebody like Kay Bailey Hutchinson of Texas would have been a fine choice or Condi Rice. Uh, you know, he would have won. Uh, you know, and uh, maybe not by much, but I think he would have. And that's, again, no disrespect to former President Obama. Obama was on a political trajectory, even if maybe he hadn't have won in 2008, I would have bet he could have come back in 2012 and won. Right. Um, but, again, things played out as they did. I, I think McCain is, you know, did, even though I know he never, you correct me if I'm wrong, never quite totally came on state, but obviously he had hinted how much he regretted having Palin on that campaign. And, and by the way, if anybody's heard Sarah Palin lately, she can't even muster up a decent tribute to the man. And I'm going to say this without John McCain, nobody outside of Alaska would have heard of Sarah Palin. Exactly. She certainly would not have been able to have kind of this, even though it's Platform. embarrassing and certainly somewhat of a train wreck of a political career or, or a public eye career, but she certainly would not be known to the world. And that's how she shows her respect to John McCain. It's despicable. Yeah, you know. But again, I think we know who Sarah Palin is, so yeah, come as a surprise. Yeah, definitely was one of those. Um, I think one of those miscalculations. I mean, obviously, how you it 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 nearly derailed his campaign. Um, you know, um, you know. I mean, literally. You know, I mean, <laughs> there were certain points where. It became almost, uh, you know, thinking that maybe he was just going to replace her. Those were those some of those discussions that he was going to replace her before the election, if we all remember back to those days. Um, and that and that and that harkens to a, a, a you know a big time mistake. But the other thing um, that's different about McCain, and even when you talk about that and you say that he hasn't really come out, um, you know, publicly to say that it was you know to really rip on her. But he also was that old timey thing, whereas we know now, you know, um, uh, politicians will just, or especially in the age of Trump, especially a lot of the Republicans will just literally bash and and go down to, you know, for lack of a better term, the gutter to really get into their campaigns. Where they'll say, you know, call somebody, you know, lion, you know, uh, lion Ted, crooked Hillary, um, where. You didn't do that as 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 a as a candidate, as somebody who's going to assert a certain office. You would let other people do that for you, whether you would feel it. And even in his final statement, they know that he took swipes at Trump, kind of refer to it, allude to it, and then let other people come out and bash people like Steve Schmidt, who would you know basically has been the public basher of Sarah Palin being on the McCain campaign. Um, and, right. and, but you know that, that, that John McCain feels that way about it. 
Um, so, you know, I think it's also like you had talked about with, um, you know, Ellen's, you know, you know, uh, uh, producer mentioning it, you know, you know, you know, but what we're left with, I think is, 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 is the important, you know, part of that. And, you know, that's why I, I, I really have to feel that that's a great, you know, um, you know, position to take, because I think that's what it is. It's what we're left with. And these are some of the examples is no longer can we just kind of, you know, not have to call people out and call them names where we just kind of say, hey, you know, maybe we should go in a different direction and we're going to focus on the direction. And by doing that, we might incidentally insult someone if they think it, but I'm not going to tear that person down. We're just going to try to keep moving forward. And we don't have it anymore. It's all about tearing down. And I think that's what we seem to be left with. Yeah, no, it's the, the Republican Party is, I, I, it's just, it's a, and I, I take, again, I take no pleasure in saying this at all. It is a hollow shell of what it once was. And, you know, even today you're hearing Lindsey Graham basically capitulate to Trump. This supposedly is once one of McCain's best friends. And it's, it's just absolutely pathetic and sad and dangerous and embarrassing. Um, we can only hope perhaps McCain's passing inspires a younger generation of Republican leaders to fight back hard against the rot that Trump uh, has sped up in the party and somehow take it back to the more stable, decent, political a party that it once was, um, not going to be an easy thing to do. Well, Karen, I, I want to thank you for, you know, discussing this with us today. Um, no, you're welcome. You know, it's been one of those times where, um, you know, we, we know, uh, public figures, um, um, transcendentally, I think, you know, we, we feel like we know them. Like I had mentioned before we started this, you know, it's like, John McCain has gotten that Uncle John kind of feel to for a lot of us that that live here in Arizona, whether we, you know, no matter what you know party we ascribe to or don't. Um, and again, um, it's but it's been one of those times where it is seems like, you know, the the, the you know, the change of an era at, at a certain moment. Um, and it's really reverberating. And it's 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 kind of nice to see that it's reverberating for everyone else outside of this state. Um, as well. And uh, I just want to thank you for joining me and everyone else today and kind of discussing his life. Um, again, for everyone else out there, though, um, make sure you're following, you know, the rest of it. Um, if you're in Arizona, there's going to be in a, um, services at the state capitol tomorrow, which is Wednesday, uh, August 29th, um, at North Phoenix Baptist Church on Thursday, uh, the, the 30th. Um, and then um, going to be traveling back east uh, for, you know, sitting in um, the rotunda of the uh, Capitol building and then uh, to the Vietnam Memorial, I think, on Saturday and then Sunday, um, the burial at uh, the Naval Academy. Thanks again, everybody. Thank you, Karen. We'll talk to you next time. Bye.